You're listening to the Boise Community Church Podcast. We desire to be a people who are following Jesus authentically and missionally. For more information, please visit boisecommunitychurch.org. So New Year's Eve is one of those times where we, we should be in the practice of reflecting, where we pause, you know, we reflect, we think about the year in the past, we actually have this natural rhythm that's built in our culture to pause. And I think we should honor that. We should lean into that. You know, it's always kind of like when Valentine's Day comes up and everybody's like, oh, don't, we don't do Valentine's Day. We do Valentine's Day because it's an opportunity that our culture's encouraged us to focus and pour into our spouse or to our loved one in a unique time. And New Year's Eve is similar to that. It's an opportunity for us to take stock over the past year to look at the different hats and the different roles that each of us have played, whether that's being a wife or a husband, a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, maybe being a business owner, an employee, a student. We can think about these things and we can meditate upon these things and we can look it back on our life and say, man, am I the person I wanted to be this past year? Or we can think about our, some of our goals. For me, I have goals that surround my fitness routine. Um, I usually have a running goal. Like this year, I wanted to run an average of 14 miles a week for the year, which is around 700, well, it's not around. It is 721 miles, which I crushed, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> I didn't really crush it, but it was, it was close. I did it, though. Um, you know, I have a friend that he has a book count. He's, he's a little more nerdy than I am. Um, and he just he always is trying to read all these sci-fi books throughout the year. And that's kind of his thing. You know, in the past, I've actually added a spiritual practice into my weekly rhythm. Like a couple of years ago, I said, man, I really want to start adding fasting in as a rhythm for my life. And so for a year, I fasted once a week, trying to create space for, the, for God to speak into my life and into my story. And to be honest, I think reflecting and goals are super valuable. To see where you've been and to take stock. You know, the philosopher Socrates famously said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think most of us can agree that all things that are truly good and beautiful and special and worthwhile in life, they always come from the hard work of discipline and intentionality. And so as we're closing this year of 2023 and as we're heading into 2024, what about, what does this look like for us as followers of Jesus? What does it look like for us to really take stock of where we've been and and to really be mindful about where we're going? Because it's easy for us to have goals around a fitness routine because you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't really like the way my body looks, so I'm going to run. And I just keep running. It's still not looking the way I like, but, you know, I'm trying. Um, You know, there's this idea where we can chase after these things. But what about having intentionality behind our spiritual growth and our spiritual development? And so I actually really like the way that Isaiah sets up this passage because he lines it out really clearly for us. He tells us, I want you to remember who God is. And I want you to remember what God has done. 
And then the last thing he kind of frames up for us is, is he says, don't get stuck. Look forward. The book of Isaiah is a book with a heart-wrenching story where Israel is forsaking God and they're worshiping all these other gods, you know, lowercase g gods, and Isaiah is declaring how judgment is coming. The vast majority of the book of Isaiah, it's just judgment is coming, and it's coming through the, these other nations that are going to decimate what the Israelites know as life. But the judgment isn't the end of the story. It also is this book that is filled with tremendous hope. As God begins to show, hey, God is not finished. So Isaiah starts reminding them as he's proclaiming the words of God. Hey, remember who God is. And so in our text, he says, I am the Lord, or I am God, your Holy One, your Creator, your King. And I don't know if you've ever imagined the prophets in your mind, or when you've read, it, read about them, or you hear people speaking about them. I always kind of have this like, picture in my mind of like, these kind of like wackadoodle guys that are like out in the street corners, like screaming at people. You know, I picture this guy yelling out at a crowded city street where people are walking past, either they're ignoring him, or they're mocking him, or they're just like un generally uncomfortable by him. And at this moment, message of judgment and this message of the need to turn from sin, you know, being the main thing that you see usually in your mind when you have these thoughts. I remember when I first came to Boise, and I remember one of our first weeks where we walked the Boise Farmer's Market. It was back when it was all on 8th Street, and it was this, like, it was a beautiful summer day, and we're walking around and seeing all the different stuff that people made, and the refugees that had created these farms and how they're sustaining their community. It was really cool and, and really inspirational um, to watch and kind of see. And then I remember as we got further and further down the street, I see this guy, and he's got his bullhorn, and it's Saturday morning, and he's doing that sort of thing. He's yelling out to people that they need to repent, and that they need to turn, and they need to change. And to be honest, I think some of what he's saying is probably true. There's probably some truth in it. But I remember as I'm watching this man, as I'm walking with my family, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, we believe in the same Jesus. Like we read the same Bible. But I would never do this. <laughs> and I remember what it felt like as I was standing there. And it, it wasn't pride, it wasn't joy. But I remember that I was sad and I was embarrassed. Because when I watched this man, I didn't see him connecting with people. He was shouting truth out into a void of a crowd. He didn't really necessarily maybe care if it landed with anyone. And when I think of this memory, and this is kind of the picture I've always had of the prophets, when I read this passage, I don't see that image. I think that's an incorrect way to see what, what Isaiah is doing in this moment. I don't picture a man shouting to a crowd who isn't listening or mocking or frustrated, but instead I see the tone that Isaiah is bringing, and it's, instead it's like I see a father or a mother getting down on their hands and knees to get eye level with their child encouraging their child to be brave and to face the task that is ahead of them. 
when they're feeling nervous. Those of us that have, have raised children, we know this feeling. Where you're down level with your kid and you're like, remember, I'm with you. I got you. I remember when our kids were little, they loved jumping to me. It's kind of always been my kid's thing. And half the time, like my littles now, sometimes I don't know they're jumping and they, they always surprise me. Thankfully, I usually, I've always caught them. I haven't dropped them yet, but it's, it's been close a couple of times. Um, but sometimes they, you know, we'd be at a park and they'd climb up these giant rocks. You know, they have these giant rocks over at Settlers Park. And I remember one time, one of my olders climbed up to the top of that rock and they wanted to get down and they were afraid to climb down because they thought they were going to slip and fall. And I was like, just jump to me. I'll catch you. Uh, to be fair, this was a while ago because if they jump to me now, I don't know if I can catch them. So it <laughs> be a little bit different of a picture. Uh, and I remember my daughter looking at me and she's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I'm scared. And I just like put my hand up and I'm touching her foot because I can't really like reach all the way up to where she's at. And I just said, I've got you. You've jumped to me a million times. I haven't dropped you yet, have I? And she said, no, you haven't. And it's in that moment she felt comfortable and willing to take the leap. They remembered who I am. They remembered our history. They remembered our relationship. It's the relationship that builds trust. It's in that moment that they trust me enough to jump. And that's why Isaiah is saying, hey, remember who God is. Remember who he is. So he reminds them, and I want to remind us who God is this morning. And so if we're looking at the text, he lines out three things. He says, you're holy one. Remember that he is holy, that he is set apart, untainted by sin, that he is pure. But also the, the beauty of this statement right here, he is holy, this idea of him being set apart, but he's also yours. And I think one of the most beautiful things that you see in the Old Testament is this connection that God has with his people where he doesn't just say, hey, come to me and I'll help you. He's saying, come to me, I will be your God and you will be my people. There's this mutual relationship that's formed where this idea of God is yours. The next thing he says, he says, I am your creator. Remember that you were created. Not by chance, not by mistake, not by any you know, weird thing that, it comes, that we hear about in culture today. But the God of the universe chose to make you. The God whose love chose to create you call you into existence. And then the last thing he says, I will be your king. And remember that we're not governed by our own choices or our own thoughts or our circumstances or even those around us. We're not governed by our family. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then we are called to be fully submitted to him and his teaching. And so maybe in this moment, you're sitting here this morning and you're like, what does this mean for me? How do I connect with this? And maybe you need to be reminded of who God is. Maybe you're like Israel and you've forgotten who he is. Maybe this past year has been a year that has been incredibly challenging. Some have experienced loss. Some have, you know, unmet expectations. And life circumstances have truly robbed you of seeing 
God for who he really is and the joy that he really has for you. And church, I just want to say we cannot let the circumstances of life rob us from seeing the goodness of who God really is. That he is a God that is for you. That he is a God who is with you. And that he is a God that loves you. And so next, Isaiah tells the people to remember what God has done. And so he brings them back to the story in Exodus where the children of Israel are enslaved to the Pharaoh in Egypt, and God begins to rescue the people from Pharaoh's army. He sends all these plagues, and they end up eventually being like, just, just leave, just get out of here. Everything's going terribly. All of the firstborns have died. We've got frogs everywhere, gnats, lice, it, you know, the river's turned to blood. This is awful. Like, we just need you out of here. You're like a cursed people. And as they flee, Pharaoh has this sudden change of heart where he's frustrated and he's angry and there's this power dynamic that's going on. And so he turns and becomes red hot and he says, I want you to go and destroy these people. And so he sends his army out after the children of Israel and they're coming behind them ready to slay them as a people. And as you can imagine, it's a very intense moment. That God's in this place. And so God brings this story to their remembrance. Because it's in this moment that God made a way. Through the impossible circumstances, he splits the water that they're up against. Because they're, they find themselves up against the Red Sea and this army that's coming up behind them. And we see where he splits the water and makes a path for them to escape the coming army. It says they walk on dry ground as they cruise to the other side. And they, Moses has this beautiful song that, that he sings in, in worship to the Lord because he saves them. And so as this year is coming to a close, as you reflect on your year, or your life in general really, where has God made a path for you? Where has he worked the miracle in your life? Because maybe it's easy for you to call these sorts of memories up where you can remember where God has showed up in the midst of very difficult moments. Or you've seen God's hand of healing in your story. Or maybe it was God's favor in your life with good friends and good family, or, you know, or your success professionally. Remembering these things is incredibly important. And that picture that I was talking about earlier, the father leaning down and, and saying, hey, remember, I'm with you. I believe that that's what God is calling us to in this moment. Do you remember God's work in your life? One of the reasons we have baptism and communion as, as holy sacraments, they're meant to be symbols that we can look back and remember what God has done for us. In the Old Testament, they would set up these huge stacks of rocks and they would walk past them with their children and they would point at them. And they'd be like, See that huge stack of rocks over there? And their kids would be like, yeah, that's a big stack of rocks. And then they would tell them about, hey, that's actually to commemorate when we crossed over the Jordan River. 
or the time that we crossed the Red Sea, or the time that God delivered us from this. It was a, a natural way that they would have these landmarks in their lives, that they would remember these things. So do you have those? Do you have those landmarks? Do you have those things this morning? And obviously the most clear thing for us to reflect on is that God has made a path for you this morning to be reunited with him. Similar to what God did with Pharaoh's army where the Israelites were enslaved, mistreated, and killed, and, and treated poorly, sin honestly does the same thing to us. It comes to enslave us, to ruin us, and it will eventually kill us. It'll kill you physically, but it will also kill you relationally, emotionally, spiritually. But God comes and he destroys Pharaoh's army in the waters as he closes it up around them as they're chasing the Israelites through the Red Sea. And the beautiful thing is, is God has also defeated our greatest enemy. He's defeated the enemies of sin, where sin no longer has this lasting hold on you. He's defeated Satan, who no longer has any power over you. And death no longer is the final word for us. And so Jesus comes to us this morning and says, follow me and I will show you a new way to live. We can walk in a freedom from the power of sin, Satan, and death because of what Jesus did on the cross and how he died and then three days later rose again. Which brings us to our last thing, that he has done the work for us. The thing is, we have... We all have these terrible memories that, and we need to be reminded. We forget things often. I don't know about you, but like my wife sends me to the store and I literally have a list and she walks through the list with me before I leave. And I would say probably that's like, probably six out of 10 times. It's not, it's not eight out of 10, but six out of 10 times I will come home and I have missed two or three items on that list. It is amazing that I forget these things. So we need, we need these reminders. All of us need to be brought back and reminded that he has done the work. That you are forgiven, not because you are a good person, or you've shown enough remorse, or you have this amazing potential, which I believe you do, but you know that God saw you and he's like, I need this person, they're going to be amazing. But God in his grace chose to forgive you because he loves you. And so again, that fatherly word comes to us, remember. Remember what has been done for you. And so if you look back on this year and you feel like it has been a difficult or a nasty year, I want to encourage you, take some time. Take some time this evening and write out a gratitude list. What are some of the really, truly positive things that have happened this year? And reflect on those things and give glory to God in those areas. And then the last thing, I know I said the last thing earlier, but this is actually the last thing. So, uh, don't get stuck. Look forward. Isaiah speaks over the children of Israel in the, in the closing of our text where he says, Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. And I talk about this idea of reflecting and, and pausing and remembering. And what he's saying here is very important because the distinction that Isaiah is making, he's not saying, hey, don't remember anything. He's saying, 
do not dwell on the past, or better yet, don't get stuck, don't get distracted with the past. It's easy for us to do these things. It's important and good for us to look back and see where we have been, but we also need to look forward to where we are going, which is why it continues on. One of the things I love doing with, one, with Daisy, one of our activities that her and I connect on, and if you ask her, she'll tell you that we ride bikes like every day, even though we only ride bikes like maybe twice a month. Uh, but I love riding bikes on, on the green belt with her. She just loves to explore and just thinks it's super fun, and I think it's fun too. One of the things about riding with Daisy, though, is if you know her, she's very distracted most of the time. And so she's cruising down the, the green belt going as fast as she can, and it's like a missile but like a missile that's not really looking where she's going. She has not ran into anyone yet, but I'm waiting for the day. So I feel like it's coming. And I think we are like that a lot in our life, and especially in our spiritual lives. I don't think we think that we need to look where we're going or where we're headed. And I think it's important for us to, to look back and see where we've been, but how important it is for us to look forward to see where we are going and what continues. And I'm sure this, word, this warning of Isaiah where he's saying, you know, do not dwell on the past. I'm sure all of us know people who still live in the past, whether it's from a negative experience where there, there's unresolved conflict, unhealed wounds or trauma that is yet to be worked through. You know, that's that friend that you're like, you should really go to counseling. And you're like, you guys are probably sitting there being like, Mike, you should go to counseling. I do go to counseling, so you're already there. Sorry. This is a redeemed person. <laughs> Or it could be the person that they're living in the past is their greatest accomplishment. For those of you that remember the classic movie of Napoleon Dynamite with the great character of Uncle Rico, where he talks about how he was the greatest high school football player back in the day. None of us usually like being around those people, that they live in their glory days of the past. Our faith isn't just about remembering the things of old, but our faith is about that God is at work in our lives here and today. Which is why Isaiah speaks these words in, in verse 19, where he says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? Do you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. Look forward to what God is doing, a new thing. Don't you see it? It's in this moment that I want us to ask, do we believe it? Do you believe that God is still at work? What does God want to do in your life this year? Because Isaiah says the expectation is that we would be able to see and sense his movement. Are you aware of what God is trying to do? And I want to apply this in two ways. I want to apply it personally, and I want to apply it to us as a church. So first, personally, maybe God is calling you to go deeper in your discipleship and in your apprenticeship of following Jesus. And maybe that's creating rhythms of scripture reading or prayer or fasting or all, you know, all sorts of different things. Or honestly, maybe it's you've been in and out of gathering with the church. Not holding it as a priority for your own spiritual growth. 
Church is kind of seen as this thing that I just kind of come when I feel comfortable. It could be that God is calling you to step into serving. It could be in kids. It could be in worship. It could be, man, maybe God's calling you to start a missional community, inviting friends to come in and do life with you in a very intentional way as you grow together serving and reaching the community that you're in. Because here's the thing. I believe God is calling all of us to a new work. Because I know that none of us have arrived. All of us have things that we need to grow in. Maybe you're living in habitual sin and you're hiding it. And God's calling you to confess and to walk into the light. And you're afraid to do that because you know the consequences that coming into the light will bring. We always have this saying in, in my 12-step group where remember you're as sick as your secrets. Or maybe you look at yourself and you're like, man, I'm not the person I want to be when you look in the mirror. You, describe, you would describe yourself as angry or bitter or irritable or fearful or anxious. Maybe you're just numb. Or you're too busy, too distracted. I believe God wants to do more than simply just give you a good life. With a well-paying job, with the good kids, a hot spouse, a happy marriage, which are all great. These are all things that I, I do hope for you. But I believe God wants to give you a full life. When I think about my life, with my beautiful wife, that is actually the way I would describe our full. Sometimes it feels a little too full, but <laughs> full. And it's full of a lot of different things. There's things that are incredibly exciting and that, you know, we are super excited about and joyful in and loving. And there's things that are challenging. Moments that are filled with joy and beauty and laughter. And then the sobering moments of caring, some of the heavy moments of our lives and the lives of others. But it's in this that I see the fullness. And as I see God work in those different, difficult and challenging moments, and as I give him praise in those joyful and beautiful moments. And as I sense his presence as he walks with me through our own trials and our own challenges. And then I give him gratitude for the beautiful and joyful moments we get to have. And so I want to ask you this morning, is God calling you to more? Calling you to something deeper? I didn't want to use the word more because I feel like that's not a good description. Is God calling you to focus in? Personally. And then the other area is what I believe the new work that God is doing for us as a church. Because I believe that God is calling Boise Community Church to become more than just a gathering on Sunday. Which I love. I'm all for gathering as a church community. And I love the Sunday morning gatherings together. But I think what God's calling us to transition into is not just a church that gathers on Sunday to worship, take the, the sacraments, and to read the scriptures and study the scriptures together. But I believe God's calling us to transition into a church of practice, where we are practicing the way of Jesus here in Boise. 
not just learning about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, but really trying to become like Jesus and not just getting stuck in the learning, which is kind of the easiest part of the, the puzzle. And so maybe you're sitting here and you're like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you changing? Because this is concerning. Because <laughs> if you guys didn't know this, all humankind really loves change. Just kidding. It's very sarcastic. What it's going to look like for us as a church is we're going to be pausing periodically as we teach through different books of the Bible. And we're going to focus on spiritual practices. And, what, and look at the ones that we see that were common practices in the life of Jesus. I come from a church tradition where we had an incredibly high value on the Bible and Scripture and the reading of God's Word. And I'm incredibly thankful for that. But if I'm truly honest... When it comes to become, truly becoming a person of love or someone that's more generous or kind or patient or sacrificial in their living, in my own experience, that experience, you know, sorry, in my own experience and the experience of a lot of my friends and other pastors and honestly just people in general, studying the book of Romans or any book of the Bible automatically doesn't turn us into a more loving people. And so my heart is not to move away from God's Word because I have an incredibly high view of God's Word. But I believe what God's desire for us is to become whole disciples and mature disciples of Jesus. And I believe that comes through living out some of the practices that we see in the life of Jesus. Because if it is our desire to really be with Jesus, to become like Jesus and to do the things He did, we need to follow Him in His spiritual practices. And so if you're wondering, what are the spiritual practices? They're about to be up on the screen. Uh, so the spiritual practices that we see in the life of Jesus are Sabbath, prayer, fasting, solitude, generosity, scripture, community, service, witness. And so to be clear, this isn't a one or two year journey. This isn't something that we're just going to try to... You know, become it, you know, it's not something we're just going to try to get through or that's this curriculum we're trying to run through. The goal is, and the, sorry, and the goal is also not just that you would become the best person at Sabbath. Or like, man, this person just kills it at Sabbath. This is the fasting guy. This is the prayer guy. But it's simply to create intentional space and rhythms to connect with God and allow him to shape us more and more into his image. And so next week's Community Sunday, after that, we're going to be starting a series called Practicing the Way. And then before, before we come back to finish the book of Mark, where we will talk about this more in depth. And so my heart for you this morning, church, is that we would be a people that are being shaped more and more into the image of Jesus. Not just coming and filling the cup or, you know, get doing, checking the box, but that we would come and we would be slowly transformed to be more like Jesus, to become less anxious in our presence, to become less angry in our presence, and to become more of a people of love and grace and truth. And so as you close out your year, or I, sorry, as you close out your year, as you reflect and remember this past year, just remember who God is, remember what he's done, and look ahead to what he's doing. With that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning.
We thank you that you've given us the opportunity to, to come to you, to worship you, and to reflect on our own lives and story. I pray that you would meet with us in this moment, God, and that you would give us the opportunity to really hear from you. So God, speak to us as your church. We're listening. We want to be responsive to you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we close, I'm going to open the table for those of you that want to come to the table to take communion. And I want to give you the opportunity to come yourself. I'm not going to to lead us corporately, but just come and feel free to respond how you feel, how, what feels right for you. And allow yourself to reflect on this past year, to reflect on who you are in the different roles that you're in, to reflect on where you've been and the things that you've been doing. And as you hold the bread and as you hold the cup, Remember what Jesus has done for you, that he's given you the ability to have a relationship with him. And he does. He doesn't look at us with judgment or shame or guilt. But he bids us to come to him to be washed, to be made whole. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Boise Community Church. To find more resources and information about Boise Community Church, or to give to the mission of Boise Community Church, please visit us online at boisecommunitychurch.org. If you were encouraged by today's podcast, please rate and review it so more people can discover the hope and joy of Jesus' love.